What role does trust play in healthcare transformation? What is disruptive innovation? And should you heat water with a blowtorch? Welcome to the Transformative Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar, and I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief of Advent Health Press. We're trying something a bit different with this podcast. We often create a podcast series after a book is released, but this time we're going to share the book's concepts as a work in progress before they're published. Our authors are Dr. Jeffrey Kuhlman, Senior Vice President and Chief Quality and Safety Officer for Advent Health Orlando. His co-author is Daniel Peach, Director of Clinical Transformation at Advent Health Orlando. Our podcast today is entitled, Heating the Water from the Bottom Up. Now, let's join Jeffrey Kuhlman and Daniel Peach as they discuss disruptive innovation, heating water with a blowtorch, and roadblocks to meaningful transformation. So it was an unusual day. I traveled back to London to go to a conference, and the unusual part of it was the sun was actually shining and it wasn't raining. It was a really interesting conference that I went to. Uh, there were, it was about change and how you actually look at the, the psychology of change within people, and in particular in the healthcare environment. And there was an example of what had started off as a, a government body and then had morphed into a, a private company and how that helped bring about change within the NHS. And they were looking at the overuse of antibiotics by the, the family doctors, the PCPs, the GPs, and, and the, the, the subsequent um, resistance that comes out of over-utilisation of antibiotics were there. And they were tasked with actually getting these GPs, these PCPs, to change the way that they scripted out, the way that the prescriptions they wrote out to their patients for antibiotics, and to carefully consider what they did. And they were really eager about what they'd accomplished in there. And they'd done that by um, carefully sitting down and saying, what do we need to change and how do we do that? And the conclusion they came up with was to actually put a letter, to, letter together by an influential member of the governing bodies within um, the NHS and send that out to all of the GPs. And they were excited about the 3% change that they've made in getting that, that to go through. The goal itself was, was good, what they were trying to achieve. The, the change that was there, the, the resistance to illnesses that was necessary um, was really important. And the goal of, of doing something that would help make the country healthier was superb. But if they'd done a, a few more things, just some few simple things, that would have helped expand what they had. One of the big things, the comments they made is that they dropped off on the sustainability on there. There hadn't been the same impact that they'd expected. And if they'd have started to invite the right people in there, to invite those frontline PCPs, those GPs in, that would have helped to identify some of the barriers that were there. That would have helped to implement a pilot and to get that, that reactive feedback from the people that had helped it. They didn't even let, the letter wasn't even written by a peer group. It wasn't written by the PCPs, the GPs themselves. It was taken to be from an influential person, an administrator in respect. And if that message had been different, if they'd have written it from a group that says, look, your peers came up with this, 
that would have potentially changed the whole impetus, the whole impact of, of what was going on. It was hugely prescriptive rather than engaging. And it, it, it's interesting in that format because, as you've pointed out several times, there are often, there are sort of four things, four steps that tend to, to come out of embracing that change. So the incremental change wasn't an exciting substantial amount and the change that they did have, uh, the improvement they had uh, didn't even last. It was much too prescriptive rather than being engaging. Yeah. Physicians typically go through forced uh, phases when they're, um, before they're, uh, while they're embracing change. One is, I don't believe your data. <laughs> Two is, okay, I believe it, but my patients are different. And then three, I'll change when X change, whether I'll change when the hospital change or my colleagues change or the government change. And then the fourth phase is, all right, let's do it. Yeah, and that, that's when everything tends to fire off. And, and when you find that there are directives from administrators, um, it, it's a bit like taking a blowtorch to, to heat up water. The heat really, really breaks through. You get those small light bubbles around the edge. But when you start to get the heat from below, when you get the heat from those physicians that become engaged in there, you then start to see the water starts to bubble and you go through those stages and then all of a sudden the water breaks out with steam and then there's that, that all right, let's do it, let's do it now. So that, to me, that takes us back to when the chief clinical officer came to us, we looked at the concept of disruptive innovation. Disruptive innovation in the past decade has gained a footing with uh, Clay Christensen, among others who have um, written about um, Southwest Airlines, Amazon, Uber as leading examples. We also know that one person's disruption is another person's innovation. Yes. Or one person's innovation is actually another person's disruption. So with that, we actually got the permission of failure is okay. Um, and the direction was, I'm not sure where this will take us, but let's see. When um, executive leadership fully supports and understands that taking steps forward, there also sometimes are missteps. Yes. Um, you cannot innovate if you aren't willing to accept failures and actually not accept them, but also learn from them and, and redesign what you're doing. So our very first discovery was the hospital system itself can be the impediment to a meaningful transformation. For example, Electronic medical records um, may be valuable, but they become electronic financial records. It's simply just too easy to check a box and admit a patient instead of think about, is that's, what, um, is that's what's best for this patient um, at this time? And, and that's really where you've, you've got to start with those people that are at the bedside. You've got to start by, by asking them plainly and simply, look, what do you do? And then with, with that type of input, then you can start to make it, it easier to check a box, to discharge a patient or follow up within three days. That way, what you're doing is you're making the path of least resistance. And I think that was the epiphany, yes. is um, asking physicians, what's the best way to care for this patient? And then making the path that's, that's easiest, best for the patient, also the easiest the, uh, for them to use. Absolutely. 
we knew we were onto something when early in one of the pilots, uh, one of our physician champions came to us and was pretty excited. He said, hey, I used the algorithm on a 45-year-old um, female patient that came in with chest pain. She had some atypical symptoms, and instead of relying on my gut, I actually followed the algorithm. I waited the three hours for the, uh, the second uh, blood test to come back. Yeah. And um, the first one had been normal, but because I followed the, the algorithm and had the patience for the second one, it actually saved my butt. And she started to have an increase in her um, cardiac enzymes, which indicates that heart muscle uh, was starting to be injured. So I followed the algorithm and got her the uh, immediate treatment that she needed that um, fixed her, um, uh, her current problem. Um, so, he, so he was excited. His voice was the beacon of, um, this isn't just an exercise on paper, this is real life that saves real patients. Um, it only takes a few doctors like him to be those little bubbles yep. rising from the bottom of a pot of water, joining together to make uh, bigger bubbles until the pot is rapidly boiling over. When everyone takes, um, takes credit, takes a voice, uh, participates, there's actually, there's actually an influence that's uh, kind of bigger than, yes. than, than regular math. Um, we've learned from performance improvement from uh, Dr. Deming um, and practices of Lean or Six Sigma, uh, they have something that is called the Deming principle that's the square root. So if you need to influence 100 people, then maybe you have to find 10 to become um, change agents. Yes. Um, in transformation, um, the principle that we have of uh, the transformative principle is actually the cube root. So to transform uh, a healthcare company with 26,000 employees, you actually just have to find the cube root of 26,000 is 29 to engage, empower, and uh, become uh, provocators of change. And, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and that goes back to those that are, that are working that change through. Innovation doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to throw lots and lots of bodies at it and lots and lots of money to make it happen. I mean, if you look at what we did, we, we started with three people. We had no special budget in there. There were really no fancy presentations and, and proved it came down to really just three actions is determine where that problem is identify who you need involved to solve it and follow them when you follow that that methodology outlined in the previous chapters it start you start to see the fruits of the labor most importantly everything here that we do and what we've talked about is not only collaborating with people and getting their input but actually doing something so healthcare healthcare comes down to information and relationships yes but if you don't have trust, none of that happens. Mm. So you have to have trust in your information. You have to have trust is the lifeblood of the relationships. So trust is the foundation and it's also the uh, intricate intertwined with um, transformation. Uh, one of the biggest wins has been reestablishing trust in healthcare. Uh, physicians being able to, and patients, trust the information that's used for the care 
trust between physicians and administrators, trust between the physician and the patient. Trust is the energy that drives transformation. It's also the key component in our organization's commitment to whole person well-being. Look where it's already leading us. Trust is the foundation of all meaningful care. That concludes this episode of Transformative Healthcare, a limited edition podcast series. I've been your host, Todd Chobatar. To discover other great resources to help you feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, visit us at adventhealthpress.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our free newsletter that includes healthy living tips, leadership wisdom, and regular giveaways. Tune in for our next episode where Jeffrey Kuhlman and Daniel Peach will be discussing Starbucks, workshops, and quarterback Tom Brady. Thanks for joining us.